Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Just when Leo Marvin thought he was getting away from it all. As of this afternoon, I'm taking my family on vacation. His old friend Bob Wiley showed up. Dr. Marvin! Oh, my God. I really appreciate this. I don't want any of you letting Bob into this house. He's a sweet guy. Didn't you invite Bob over for dinner? Would you like smoked chicken, Bob? Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> Will you stop that, please? You're angry. No, I don't get it. You're upset. Welcome to Rewatchability. It's the podcast where we rewatch old movies and look at them now in the modern eye. Also, it's a podcast on the Entertainment One Podcast Network. I'm Robert Larone. With me, as always, is Lane Waters. And today we have a very special movie, a movie I know a lot of people are looking forward to hearing us talk about. But before we get into that, we want to thank our Patreon. Oh, thank you, Patreon. Because they keep us sane, to be honest. Yeah, they they deliver the Prozac in monthly installments of one, three, <laughs> and five dollars. Yeah, which isn't enough to actually buy the drugs that we need. So uh, we're no. going to need you to pony up. <laughs> <laughs> Rob keeps on getting them on the black market. So yeah, though we have a good drug situation here in Canada. Right. We do still have to pay a little bit, but not like a bazillion dollars. Yeah, I know it's 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 fair. Yeah. Anyway, this week we're talking <laughs> out against the healthcare industry. Whoa. <laughs> By Talking about what about Bob, the 1991 movie directed by Frank Oz, starring, of course, Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfus. Now, this is a huge movie for a lot of people. Blaine, it was sort of your suggestion. So, what is your experience with this movie? I, I love. I'll let you start. <laughs> well, it all goes back to uh, you know my my mother raising me uh, mm-hmm. and go on uh, about your mother never being able to really talk about my. Should Have I lay down? Or <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I love this movie, Rob. I love it so much. Okay. I've seen it so many times, and I. Okay. Just love the shit. Frank Oz is hilarious as a director and the force behind this movie. Bill Murray. Literally, he has the force as Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. He should have been doling out advice in this movie. That would have helped both characters. <laughs> steps baby take you. <laughs> Um, baby steps is a big part of this movie just to explain that people know that yeah, all right all right um bill murray's in this movie and he's fucking fantastic from, right from what i remembered before i watched it okay we all love bill murray there's nothing not to love right except for his like drunk driving the golf cart or whatever <laughs> that he got busted for in greece we'll, we'll talk about some of bill murray's uh, more unlovable aspects as we go on yeah yeah so this was a big movie you watched it over and over again i did i loved every like frustrating part of this movie i 
don't know whether it's because when I was growing up, my mom was a foster parent, and we like had a lot of people that we invited into our family, right? Uh, that became a part of our family. Like Bob becomes a part of this family, right. although not no kid was ever as as uh, as aggravating right. as Bob is in this movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're all sweethearts, but I, you know, uh, <laughs> I think that I liked this family a lot. I sided with the family a lot, but Bob is just the most charming character too. He's a very charming so, sociopath or whatever he <laughs> yes, is. <laughs> exactly. And I just loved watching Richard Dreyfus get verklempt, get right. all the angsty up. Uh, I just loved it so much. So I watched it a bunch and I think it really has informed a lot of my humor and uh, a lot of my like inviting myself into right. people's families a lot. As oh, I do. my God. So, <laughs> you're a Bob. So you're not doing anything this weekend, right? I can just come hang out uh, with you and your girlfriend. I have or? plans, actually. Okay. Where are they? Uh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what about you? Did you uh, did you see what about Bob? I did a long time ago when I think when it first came out and at the time I was just like way too young for it. I remember yeah. some scenes but uh, I just mostly remember it was the guy from Ghostbusters acting crazy and another guy, you know, looking like he's slowly going insane. Right. So I actually didn't see this movie since then wow. at all despite – Becoming aware that it is, you know, a well-regarded movie. Also, I think at the time, like, when I became aware of it, it was sort of during Bill Murray's Lost Years. Okay. Like, there was a period, I think, between What About Bob specifically and up until Rushmore and Lost in Translation where, I mean, let's just call it the Operation Dumbo Drop period. (laughs) Where he Operation Dumbo dropped out of existence in terms of Hollywood. Well, it wasn't out of existence. It was just kind of embarrassing. Right. You know, it wasn't he wasn't doing the sort of work that we know and love him for now. And he hadn't become the sort of character that we know and love him for now. The lovable, charismatic Bill Murray. That does your dishes when you have a party and yeah, shows I mean, up. He's yeah. like larger than any of his roles at this point. Yes. You know? Like he still makes movies, apparently. <laughs> But it doesn't matter because we're more interested when he shows up at a golf tournament and, you know, does yeah. a bunch of weird stuff. Exactly, yeah. So – When he acts like Bob on the, in the outside world. When he acts yeah. like Bob or one we of his it. other many lovable <laughs> characters. So I, I didn't see this movie. So when you suggested it – and I should mention that you suggested it because you just wanted to talk about a movie that you liked. I just want. I want to watch a, good a vacation movie. from your problems. <laughs> exactly. And it's, it's a summer movie. It's no longer summer. But we're doing it. I don't give a shit. Yeah. You know? Fuck anyone that says anything different. Okay. Settle down. You know, <laughs> fuck you, listeners. You can't fake Tourette's on this program. Cack. <laughs> <laughs> it's offensive. All right. So what about Bob? What about Bob? It is I – mean, it starts with a goldfish. Is this a fish called Wanda? <laughs> I thought about that similarity. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Starts right there. Yeah. But this goldfish is a little bit different. It's not so much being threatened to be uh, eaten. It's Bill yeah. Murray's goldfish. I mean, it's a goldfish named Gil. You know what? It is threatened to be eaten in this movie. Maybe it's like Chekhov's goldfish. If you have a goldfish, it's going to be threatened to be eaten at one point in a movie. Because fish called Wanda. It's the or same Freud's thing. goldfish. <laughs> Freud's goldfish, for sure. Tell me again why you want to devour the goldfish. Perhaps yeah. it represents your genitals. <laughs> I don't know. (laughs) I'm not an analyst. Uh, What a pervy guy, that guy. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, he features prominently in this movie. At least his yeah. uh, his head does, <laughs> <laughs> and his name, and his name, and his na- yeah. and his name. Yes, yeah, yeah. but so this is Bob is the owner of this goldfish. He is a man with a few problems. Mm-hmm. He's extremely germophobic. He seems to have some OCD tendencies. He can barely leave his apartment every day. And he really he really has to work to get himself out the door. Yeah, but he has a job. I totally forgot about this in the movie. He like has a job, I guess, where he like punches in and then calls people on the phone. Yeah. But we never that's never explained. No. But when I thought back about this movie, I was like, how did he survive in the world before this? But he has a job. I mean, people survive. Yeah. There are tons of people who are living with all sort of m- mental health problems. Yes. And they're doing it, man. They got this. Yeah. Working from home, working from their job. Yeah. yeah exactly. So he makes it out of the apartment, but it's a, it's a difficult journey. Yeah. Meanwhile, we also have the other major character – Dr. Leo Spichemin, no, Dr. Leo (laughs) Marvin, played by Richard Dreyfuss. And he's a very successful therapist. Egotistical son of a bitch, too. He seems like it. He sort of, we see him first, he's sort of talking on the phone and he's informing his wife that Good Morning America is thinking about interviewing him. Yeah, it's like he's trying to date his wife or something because he's like, I'm very important, wife. You know, <laughs> you have to really recognize my importance here. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm seeing someone. <laughs> but while he is getting ready to go on his vacation, he gets a call from another psychiatrist who tells him that he is quitting the business and he wants the doctor to help him with a very special patient. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he thinks that only Dr. Marvin can do it because, you know, who, Dr. Marvin deserves to win a Nobel Prize, as he says. Yeah. I love his, like, reverse psychology here where he's like, I know you don't like flattery, but you deserve a Nobel Prize, like, right after. Yeah, it's it's great. And he he's like, all right, I'll take him on after my vacation, you know. But the vacation is the important thing. I'm going away, and on my vacation, I'm going to have Good Morning America interview me. And that's the most important thing in this movie. Yeah. yeah. So he calls his secretary and – gives her the word and if this guy calls to you know but <laughs> he's uh, already called <laughs> and uh, in fact he's uh he's uh, on his way up it's his next appointment <laughs> isn't that funny <laughs> bill murray is just behind him and puts his hands over his eyes <laughs> no one will ever believe you <laughs> thanks bill yeah so he's there and he's ready for his first session and it goes uh weirdly i think it goes pretty well i mean yeah, Bill Murray is a little bit, you know, all over the place. But the doctor recommends his book, which I'm sure has all the solutions in it for Bill Murray, called Baby Steps. Right, which is his own book, the doctor's own book. He's making a sale, right? Yeah, right there. yeah. Uh, That's a classic trick. Probably learned that from his professors or something. <laughs> God, those textbooks are so expensive. <laughs> Say, isn't this your name? <laughs> but Why it's is- a really good session, and... Bill Murray's stoked to, like, you know, have more, except, you know, he gets informed that Doctor's going to be on vacation for a month. Yeah. And uh, that's that's a bit of a problem. This is – so this movie already feels like it's written by someone who's never been to therapy once. Like, it, uh-huh. it's written by someone who doesn't know at all what, like, anything is. Somebody they're who say- needs therapy? <laughs> saying saying what Bob is. Because they're like, oh, you're a narcissistic person. But that Bob doesn't have that. And then, like right. – Everything he's called in this movie, a sociopath or whatever, no, he's just like 
crazy clingy. He has attachment disorder, which is like the one thing they have like right in this movie. All right, Dr. Blaine. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor's in, baby. No. Let's see your credentials, biznitch. <laughs> I'm sorry I called you biznitch. No, it really – You know, I me. lashed out because I have – I need approval from people and yeah, okay. I put other people I thought it was down. a bit Tourette's-y, but that's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they, he says that he has uh, – he, he, he fakes Tourette's in this movie so he knows he doesn't have it. There's a lot of stuff like that where he – kind of just wants a friend and a therapist just someone who needs to listen to you so he fakes all these maladies so that someone can just at least listen to him that's actually a good idea <laughs> i've known i think i'm to getting threats <laughs> <laughs> fuckers <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of like if you really look at this movie, it's really sad. Like Bob just needs a friend, and this really guy sad. won't give it to him. He won't. Uh, he won't uh, hand over that friendship. To yeah. Him. Well, I mean, you know, it's not his job to be his friend. It's his job to be his therapist. God, just love me, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> but so he goes on his vacation, and Bob does not last like. A hot minute before he starts getting twitchy and he calls the number that the doctor has left him and he gets the exchange service and they're not going to give him the doctor's number of where he's vacationing. So he hires a prostitute (laughs) played by Tony Soprano's sister. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's cool. To to call and pretend to be – the doctor's sister, and uh, it's like an emergency. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they get him to, like, put it on the line, right? Exactly, yeah. His sister Lily is is one of the characters in this movie, too, um, who does who lives in Chicago, so she's kind of not part of this movie yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he gets through to the doctor, and, uh, you know, Dr. Leo's like, don't ever do that again. Click. Yeah. And so Bob is a little desperate now. And he fakes his own death. Uh, so that's the next, the next level, the next step you do. You, you prank phone call someone and then you immediately jump to faking your death for attention. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the level on this it one. Happens to the best of us. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you weren't on those podcasts last month. <laughs> Wait, you didn't tell anyone that I, that I did that. Well, that was the big deal. You just, no, oh, whatever. Damn it, damn it Rob. <laughs> but so the family's on their vacation. They're enjoying themselves. The doctor is getting ready for his interview, thinking about, you know, where – how he wants to pose next to the fireplace and where he wants to put his bust of Sigmund Freud, <laughs> which seems sort of phallic. There's something about the head. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> and who should happen to show up at his door mm-hmm. but Bob? Yeah, and Bob's already like it kind of uh, accosted him at the bus stop uh, in the small right. town, and these these neighbors of the doctor, uh, the, uh, you know, Doctor Leo stole the house out from under these neighbors of his. They wanted to buy that house, and so they kind of tell Bob where Leo lives just to get back at Leo because right. Leo kind of a prick. Yes, kind of a prick. So Bob shows or, up. Or he's setting reasonable boundaries. One of those. He's either a prickery setting reasonable boundaries. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you ever tried to set boundaries? With, like, you, you are a prick. No, you no, no. I'm just the person who gets boundaries setting against me. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> so uh, he shows up and he really ingratiates himself into the family. He's a very complimentary person. Yeah. The family kind of falls in love with him. Yeah. And everybody else seems to see that he is a little bit off, but the family is really generous. 
Yeah, and the the young daughter in the family is going to go boating, and she's a little nervous because she likes one of the guys in the boat. And then she sees Bob walking down the road. He's been cast out by Leo, and uh, and Bob goes sailing with her. Yeah, that's right. Well, he yeah. gets sort of tied to the mast like Odysseus. <laughs> <laughs> the sirens, the sirens. But it's a kind of sailing. <laughs> yeah, it's a kind of sailing. But he's already making breakthroughs with this family, which is pretty nice. Well, I mean, at first it seems like they are just actually really good at dealing with people with mental health issues. Like right. they're generous and kind yeah. and they listen to people, mm-hmm. which seems like those are things that you would need as a mental health professional. The doctor does not seem to have those qualities. No, no. And his family's put up with his narcissistic personality disorder for so long. So they're they're good at this. Yeah. yeah. And it, like part of his sort of the unbearable nature of the doctor on his family is that he is sort of obsessed with seeing his son – dive, do his first dive, learn mm-hmm. to dive. It's a big moment in a child's life when they jump into the water for the first time. It's a baptism, if you will. Oh, I never thought about mm-hmm. it that way. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Penetrating the surface <laughs> of the water. Okay, that's perverted. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Jeez. So he is trying to teach his son how to dive when he sees Bob on the mast. Well, I mean, yeah, he, he's doing it by uh, holding onto his son's swim shorts while his son sort of like arches over the water prepared to. And it's a trust exercise. Really, yes. Exactly. You know, if you ruin this, then your whole relationship is gone. Trust me. <laughs> but don't because I'm not worthy of it. <laughs> but that's kind of what he tells his dad. He's like, I will sue you for murder if you drop me in the water. <laughs> and the son's played by Charlie Corsmo, who mm-hmm. we've talked about before. Uh, he's, he's on Hook. Yep, can't uh, hardly wait. Can't hardly wait. He's he's just a delight in this movie. He's great. Yeah, he's so funny. Yeah, but yeah, the doctor sees Bob sailing by yeah. and startled drops his son. Right. It's like the dropping the coffee mug in the kitchen when you hear bad news, <laughs> but like dropping his son into the water. Yeah. Yeah. And he uh, hurts that relationship. He hurts that pretty re- bad. And uh, and then he goes and he uh, yells at his daughter. For being with Bob. Right. And they have these puppets. Oh, my, oh my God. God. The puppets. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Daddy, not here. Anna. 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 Oh. Anna. I know you won't listen to your father, but you always listen to me. So I'm asking you not to see Bob White. Daddy, I am just... I can't hear you. Where are you, Anna? Woo! I'm just having fun with my friends. And Bob Wiley. Yes, and Bob Wiley. Bob Wiley is your father's patient. Bob Wiley is a very sensitive person. Your father's sensitive. Bob listens to people. Your father listens to people, except when he's up here in Lake Winnipesaukee. <laughs> that's bad. That's that's some that's some weird stuff. Yeah, she's also so embarrassed to have to go use these in public. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my uh, my mom was gonna do gonna go into play therapy at one point. Oh uh, no, as a play therapist, and like they would have she would have had to use the puppets, but she she didn't. But yeah, oh man, I can only imagine as a kid if you're like gone through some trauma and then uh, some adult that you're like, oh good, this person is uh, it knows what's up. You know, they're competent. Uh-huh. And then they come out. They're like, "Hello, Billy!" <laughs> like, a, like, oh Jesus, this guy's insane. Well, I get the theory behind it. <laughs> yeah, it probably works pretty well in certain with certain people in certain sure. conditions. Yeah, yeah. 
I, you probably don't want to use it with your with your family. It's or a little like bit creepy. Your your eighteen year old daughter, like well, probably not. Yeah, I mean, eighteen year old daughter played by like a twenty eight year old. Yes, entirely. She looks like she came from like Dawson's Creek High. Apparently, she is only ten years younger than the woman who plays her mom. Whoa, really? Yeah. Oh no! Yay, nineteen ninety one. Thanks, Hollywood. <laughs> Yeah. Jesus. But Richard Dreyfus is slowly going insane. They invite Bob to dinner. Mm-hmm. A friendly sort of thing. Oh, because we forgot to mention that uh, the reason why Bob is sticking around is because the doctor has advised him to go on a vacation from his problems. To go back to New York City and take a vacation from your problems. Whenever you have a problem, you're just like, ah, I'm on vacation. Yeah, and then he shows up in a don't hassle me, I'm local shirt, which is so funny. Yeah. (laughs) So stupid. Uh, Yeah, and he's there. He's going to take a vacation in this town. He's even staying with the neighbors. Yes. (laughs) But so he gets invited to dinner, and he, I mean, he's Bob. Right. He over-exaggeratedly enjoys the food, making like, Big sounds. Yeah. That, yeah. They're a little weird. Some people are like that. All right. I've seen that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, has he already taught the kid how to how to jump into the water? I think he has. Oh, I guess so. Because yeah. – He because comes back from sailing and he's very afraid. He's like, I'm afraid of the water still, but on a boat, it's okay. Yeah. But to dive, that would be very scary. And he kind of reverse psychologies Charlie Corsmo into jumping in the water. I like that scene a lot. It was a very good scene. And, you know, it's great to see Bill Murray and Charlie Corsmo's, like, you know, yeah. friendship. Yeah. Like, blossom there. Well, also because it becomes so hilarious later on this night when uh, when Bill Murray stays over yeah. the night and sleeps in the same bedroom as, yeah. as the son. Because after the dinner, they can't bring Bill Murray back home because he left his car back at the, you know, yeah, wherever Richard the boat Dreyfus, was. Yeah, exactly. Of the and it's, yeah, and it's pouring rain outside, so they won't kick him out of the house. Yeah, it would be it would be an awful thing to do. So they let him stay. stay. He sleeps in uh, yeah. Charlie's room, and uh, and Richard Dreyfus is not happy about it. Well, no, he has a big interview in the morning, you know, Good Morning America. It's the, it's the pinnacle of his career. Mm-hmm. I don't know why Good Morning America is the pinnacle of anyone's career, but... I've, if Good Morning America was like, rewatchability, we want to come out to your vacation house on Lake Wano Wano, what's it, and interview you, wouldn't you say yes? Wouldn't that be a big deal? Uh, well, they wouldn't do that anymore because I've already slandered them on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Good Morning America. No, I would go out to that. I would, I would skip a vacation for sure for whoever is hosting Good Morning America now. I don't know. I'm sure it's the ghost of Regis Philbin. No? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't watch television in the morning. Yeah, we're cord cutters. All right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they stay over the night. There's some hilarity there with like, I need some peace and quiet. And Bob being like, I'll be quiet. Charlie going, I'll be peace. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, they're like a bunch of kids. Yeah, it's so great to see them. (laughs) Much the consternation of Dr. Marvin. Exactly. But the next morning, the big interview comes, and he is very anxious to get Bob out of the house before anybody gets there. But just as he's leaving, Good Morning America shows up, and they get the idea that he wants the patient, Bob, to be in the interview, and he can't convince them that he doesn't. (laughs) 
Yeah, he's trying to be polite to Good Morning America, and he has that thing where he's like, "Bob, I this I've worked so hard for the like for this my career." And he's like, "A lot of schooling." Um, <laughs> and he's like, "No, I need you to leave, and I need you to make an excuse." And they're like, "Bob, are you leaving?" And he's like, "Yeah, Doctor Mumford doesn't want me to be on." The-. He's like, "No, no, you're on the show. You're on the show." Yeah, it's a great little moment, and they bring him on, and he and Leo like chokes. Yeah, on the show. And uh, understandably so, this patient has been foisted upon him. (laughs) Now, Dr. Marvin, exactly how does baby steps work on someone like Bob? Well, Joan, I'm very proud of baby steps and enormously gratified by its success. I think the greatest challenge, aside from the writing, is finding ways to make the ideas within it accessible to laymen as well as to my colleagues. Bob, uh, tell us your impressions of Baby Steps. Mashed potatoes and gravy, Marie. Well, he's he's used to choking, too. He choked the night before, and Bob saved his life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so Bob also saves the interview by uh, lauding Leo a lot and yeah. talking him up. And he's really, really nice to Leo, actually. Mm-hmm. He uh, saves the day. Yeah, but Bob wins the interview and Leo doesn't. So it's another slight against Leo. Yeah. And dra- this calls for drastic measures. Yeah. He takes Bill Murray and he tries to get him committed. Yeah. That's brutal. Yeah. You can't just – that's – you know, you took an oath. I'm sure a Hippocratic oath. Yeah. So he's a hypocrite. So he just put Bob in the in the insane side. <laughs> yeah. That's what it means, right? Yeah. Okay. I think so. But they, they like call him and uh, tell him that he's got to come pick him up because uh, he's clearly not insane. He's there no. – entertaining all of the orderlies with his psychiatry jokes. He just becomes Bill Murray, like Wood, in, in life. Just gathering an audience and... Uh, psychiatry! <laughs> yeah, doing a little lounge act for everyone. Yeah. Hey, what's your illness? <laughs> Name that dysfunction! Woo! Uh, yeah, so he uh, has to be brought back and, um, and... But he kicks Bill Murray out in the car. Yeah. Yeah. And Leo gets got t- a ticket and a flat tire and mud on him. Yeah. And he's through all these unfortunate events. He doesn't end up showing back at home until like very late at night. He yeah. looks like shit. He's a real mess. Mm-hmm. And he goes into the backyard and people yell, surprise. <laughs> And it's his surprise birthday party. And he like wanders out like a babe in the woods, deer in headlights. He looks like shit. And everyone's like, what the fuck happened? He's like, I'm so happy to see everyone. And Bob's not here. And they brought Lily from Chicago. Yeah. And then Bob steps into frame, puts his arm around Lily. And uh, Leo uh, assaults him. Yeah. He tackles him like he flies like Superman. <laughs> He does. Over like seven people into Bob. It's insane. It's insane. Like you yeah. wouldn't think that Richard Dreyfus with those little legs could get that sort of springiness. <laughs> no, that was his opus. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. And, you know, after this, everybody, especially all of Bo- or Dr. Marvin's psychology friends are concerned for Dr. Marvin. And they yes. end up sedating him. Mm-hmm. Bob gives some the other doctor some great advice about which uh, antipsychotic medication to put him on. Because Bob's been on all of them. He knows. <laughs> That's He's right. Great. He's an expert. <laughs> exactly. In the field. <laughs> yeah. And then the family very, uh, you know, beside themselves with grief about this whole situation is just like, 
Leo probably doesn't want you around when he wakes up. You should leave, Bob. And Bob does. You know, he respects the family. And Kind of. <laughs> he is a little bit of a dick about it. Yeah, well, these are his favorite people in the world, you know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's a comedy because the family at no point, like, realizes how fucked up that. Oh, yeah. Like, the non-comedy version of this is, like, fear or funny games. <laughs> like, yeah. there is a non-comedy version of this that is terrifying, for sure. I think somebody did recut uh, this movie as, like, for the trailer as a thriller. Oh, yeah. We should put that up that to show be... people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But they ask him to go. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, though, the doctor has snuck out and, like, walked to town and uh, stolen a bunch of stuff from a sporting goods store yeah, or something. Yeah, stump remover, which is just black powder explosives. Yeah. yeah. And he <laughs> – Good on you, America, for selling that. He passes over the guns and the compound bows <laughs> to, like, oh, there's so many weapons available. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So he finds Bob. And he ties him up with a bunch of black powder saying that it's uh, a therapy. Death therapy. Death therapy, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. And so Bill Murray has 10 minutes to live Mm -hmm. and he realizes – That's like a Madonna song, isn't it? (laughs) Bill Murray has 10 minutes to live? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Four minutes to the end of the world? Like a prayer. (laughs) Sweet. Uh, Anyway, Leo feels that he's free, says as much. And at the same time, Bill Murray frees himself – yeah. And uh, everyone meets in the lawn. And Leo's wondering where the bombs are. They're in the house. The house explodes. And Leo goes into a catatonic state. Yeah. <laughs> Which goes on for quite a while. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he's only sort of awoken way later when Bill Murray, when Bob and his sister are getting married. Right. And the priest asks, <laughs> like, the does whole- anybody have... Any objections? Right. And he stands up and says, no! I, the, the whole movie of While You Were Sleeping happens in this movie, like in between two cuts. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, so uh, Leo's freed. Bob is married to his sister. And the like, last thing we hear, like we see on screen, is that Bob becomes a psychiatrist. Right. And, yeah, and he wrote the best-selling book, Death Therapy, and is being sued. By Dr. Marvin. Yeah, just can't let it go, Marvin. Can't <laughs> let it go, Leo. Come on. Well, I mean, he did steal it. Yeah. That's... I mean, are we crazy here? <laughs> Bob's the bad guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> what about Bob? It's in the title. This this is a tragedy, this 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 movie. This is the tragedy of Dr. Marvin. <laughs> well, I think that Dr. Marvin is, is pretty bad at his job if he can't stop a guy from stalking him. <laughs> no, that's mean. No, that's bad. Okay, well, we're going to get into all of that and more after this break. We got some trivia. I got the behind-the-scenes stuff. What? Awesome. <laughs> after this. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Welcome back to Rewatchability. We are talking about... What about Bob? What about Bob? What about him? I have some trivia, which will maybe answer that question for oh you, Brian. God. Okay. So I have to answer <laughs> questions to answer another question? That's right. This is uh, riddles on riddles. <laughs> I am going to blow your mind with these. And I hope you haven't done any research because these are freely available on the internet. <laughs> I have not. Okay. Out of respect, so, not laziness. <laughs> Bill Murray's performance in this is much lauded. It's considered one of his best performances. And in fact, one director spent a significant amount of money, 25 nope, $250,000. <laughs> I didn't know that numbers went that high. <laughs> <laughs> of his own money to unsuccessfully procure Bill Murray an acting nomination at the Academy Awards. Which director did that? Oh, my God. Oh, God, why well, can't I remember his name? The director of the Ghostbusters. I'm sure it's got to be Ivan Reitman. Ivan Reitman. Well, you are totally wrong. That's a really bad guess. Steven Spielberg. That's correct. What? <laughs> really? <laughs> you you should have just eliminated all the directors that couldn't afford two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Like yeah. that's a lot of money <laughs> for Spike Lee or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, wow, Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Wow. And, I mean, I think that's amazing because, first of all, like, I can't even think of any Steven Spielberg movies which have Bill Murray in them. Right. Like, you know, he hasn't been like, this is a friend of mine, this is somebody that I use all the time. However, he has done a fuck ton of movies with Richard Dreyfuss. Nothing for him. (laughs) (laughs) But that pissed him off real good. (laughs) Oh, God. We've had so many close encounters, Spielberg. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't. Yeah, that's 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 brutal. That's, I mean, like Dreyfus's acting was great in this movie too. Although he did play one note. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know about Dreyfus's performance myself. I think that it's good at points, but also it does get a bit cartoony at the end. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, you have siblings, right? You've been frustrated to the umpteenth thing by your siblings. Sure. Like that amount of frustration, you can't even talk. Like words fail you. You just you get to try to put you know, and that's what Richard Dreyfus does. <laughs> For I sure. He does that. It. He does that pretty well. It's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a good performance. I'm not yeah. saying anything bad against him. But I understand where Spielberg's coming from because the Oscars don't. Spielberg didn't say anything shitty about Richard Dreyfus. I think I should just make that clear. He was just like, Bill Murray's performance is good. Right. I'm drawing the yeah. connection that, you know, no, Richard no, no. Dreyfus probably feels a bit snubbed. Yeah, well, it's a it's a big omission. <laughs> <laughs> what I think he's getting at, too, is that uh, comedic actors are never nominated for acting awards. You know, it's, only, it's always the dramas. It's always the people that take off a wig and mm-hmm. cry a lot, you know? For, for sure. And there's a lot of acting that go, goes into making people laugh, too. Yeah. You know? So yeah. we should recognize that as yeah. well. Well, I think he won an MTV award, so... Oh, that's like that's the the horrible thing is that the MTV awards always give the 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 comedic actors like Jim Carrey got one. Yeah. But no Oscar. Come on now. Anyway. Okay. Question the second. Okay. This one is really hard. So I don't expect you to get it. You might just want to quit right now. Frank Oz. That's inspiring. Is well known for his connection to Henson Productions. Yeah. Jim Henson. Mm hmm. But which cast member is also known for performing characters, particularly on Sesame Street, including Zoe and Prairie Dawn? Oh, the mother. The mother actor in this movie. That is 
wrong. You what? suck today. Sorry to bring you down, but you're God. you're terrible. I'm going to need therapy after this. You're going to need so much therapy. It is Fran Brill who plays the sister. Oh. Yeah. That's she cool. is the she's a puppeteer. She's from the Henson workshop and she's done a whole bunch of voices on Sesame Street over the years and those are her two main characters. Zoe is basically like Orange Elmo but probably not as pervy <laughs> and Prairie Don I don't know, but it sounds like a white supremacist organization. <laughs> Prairie Dawn. That's so funny. No, no, no. It's a cute, it's like a cute little girl Muppet. You know, it's like, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. Okay. You remember the Sesames? <laughs> I do remember the Sesames. All right. <laughs> so, question the third, and I really hope you get this one because, uh, you know, you just, not much reason to live if you don't. What is Bill Murray? Shit. What about Bob? Damn it. <laughs> okay, All no, right. what is the question? Okay. Famously, Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfus did not get along during the making of this film. But can you name three other people Bill Murray has not gotten along with? What? And a bonus if you can name one more person that Richard Dreyfus hasn't gotten along with. Well, yeah. Um,. No, oh, this is so hard. Uh, is it? <laughs> Bill Murray hasn't gotten along with, I'm going to say, Dan Aykroyd, because who can get along with Dan Aykroyd? <laughs> Dan Fuck Aykroyd calls Bill Murray the Murricane. <laughs> <laughs> Just because it has cane in it. <laughs> he just likes anything with cane in it. No, uh, is that is that one? Uh, maybe. All right. I'm No, I'll, I'll give up right now. I, I don't even... Bill Murray oh, hasn't gotten along with – give me clues. Give okay. Me clues. You know what? I'll just tell you. Okay. Because it's obvious that you are a worshiper in the Temple of Murray. You have blinded yourself from the fact that he can sometimes have – be somebody who exhibits bad behavior. I will tell you some of the people who he Chevy sees. Chase. <laughs> that is actually one of them. There we go. Because no one can get along with Chevy Chase either. That's true. See, I'm, I don't think it's Bill Murray's fault It's like here. a feedback loop. Well, there's yeah. probably a lot of strong personalities clashing. If, like, if you're like Tom Hanks, then like, I'm like, that's Bill Murray's fault. But if it's not Tom Hanks. I mean, if you can name three people, I mean, if I can find a whole bunch of people who have a problem with Bill Murray or working with Bill Murray, then I think that's some sort of sign. Not to say that he's sure. always a bad guy. And I think that he's mellowed out a lot. Yeah, but I think Chevy Chase is just like, that's an ego thing. Like, Chevy Chase just wanted to be the biggest star in the world. Well, famously, they got into a big row when Chevy Chase came back to host Saturday Night Live because he was, of course, part of the original cast. And then mm -hmm. Bill Murray was part of the cast. And they'd known each other from the Lampoon years. And they got in a big fight. But... They made up during Caddyshack, which they were also both in. All right. But some other people who Bill Murray have got gotten along with. for every one of these. Okay, let's do it. Sean Young. Unimpeachable Sean Young. Well, He's never done anything weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't even need to say anything for that. Okay, okay go but on. But Richard Donner, the R director of Scrooged. Okay, yeah, but like he's one of the reindeer, you know? That's <laughs> not that's not good. Okay, another one. Harold Ramis. After Groundhog Day, they didn't speak for 20 years. You knew <laughs> you sure that. it wasn't 10,000 years? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Harold Ramis, that's fair. Lucy Liu. 
Lucy Liu? <laughs> yeah, that's right. What? <laughs> you didn't get along with Lucy Liu? Remember when Bill Murray was oh, Bosworth? Yeah, Bosworth on, the, on Charlie's on Angels. Charlie's Angels. That's so funny. Apparently, he said that Lucy Liu couldn't act. And yeah, they, they had some times. <laughs> <laughs> and then she martial arted him <laughs> into the dirt. I think and... she threatened to. <laughs> also, Angelica Houston. Oh, I would never even pick a fight with Angelica Houston. No. She would murder. She's a witch. <laughs> she could like, yeah, I, I'm intimidated by that, by that person. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But they apparently did not get along on the set of uh, Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I already said Chevy Chase. Uh, Richard Dreyfus also has a reputation for not getting along with people. So, yeah, these are strong personalities clashing. Yeah, but just aliens. <laughs> just aliens. <laughs> well, one of those aliens was his co-star in Jaws, Robert Shaw. Oh, yeah. So he has also sort of talked about that and sort of said that it was sort of overblown mm. and it wasn't as big of a deal as he said it was. But he also didn't get along with... Fuck, what's his name? Oliver Stone, who directed W, where uh, Richard Dreyfus played Dick Cheney. Now, you'll notice he didn't get an Oscar nomination for that. So <laughs> maybe that's why he was pissed off that like, Christian Bale does it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the character of Leo kind of just seems like the character of Richard Dreyfus, to be honest. He, have you seen The Goodbye Girl? No, at all. Uh, Neil Simon. He he's in that, um, and he plays an actor who is an egotistical actor. I feel like he's just very good at playing egotistical people because Richard Dreyfus, I think, maybe has a little bit of an ego, you know. Yeah, and so uh, yeah. I well, think- he had some troubles in the eighties too, like a well-publicized cocaine addiction, right? And it sort of concluded with him crashing his car into a tree while oh, under the influence. And, so he uh, knows Dan Aykroyd. That's good. Well, this, was, <laughs> this was before that. Okay. Uh, I mean, actually, I think this was after he sort of like burnt out. This was during his comeback phase when he was doing like another stakeout and that sort of uh, stuff. Oh, okay. yeah, but yeah. about this movie, he specifically said, talking to the AV Club in 2009, Dreyfus says, funny movie. Terribly unpleasant experience. We didn't get along, me and Bill Murray, but I've got to give it to him. I don't like him, but he makes me laugh, even now. I'm also jealous that he's a better golfer than I am. It's a funny movie. No one ever comes up to you and says, I identify with the patient. They always say, I have patients like that. I identify with your character. No one ever says they're willing to identify with the other character. (laughs) <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, I don't know. If that's about, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that's not my experience with the movie that's at all. That's a very Dr. Leo Marvin thing to say. It is. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. He seems exactly like that guy. Meanwhile, Bill Murray has also admitted that it was a bit rocky. He said, about, what about Bob? It's entertaining. Everybody knows somebody like that Bob guy. Richard Dreyfus and I didn't get along in the movie particularly, but it worked for the movie. I mean... I drove him nuts, and he encouraged me to drive him nuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way of letting yourself off the hook. Yeah. Yeah. But there was some other, like, bad behavior on the set. Like, um, this movie was... Charlie Corsmo and the Prostitutes. <laughs> I heard about this. <laughs> no, no, that no. That trailer was rocking. 
Well, one of the producers of this movie, Laura Siskin, she at one point got into a fight with Bill Murray and he threatened to throw her across the parking lot and at one point did throw her glasses across the parking lot. And at one point... Next will be you. That's though, horrible. Though she says it was playful, over an agreement, he picked her up and threw her in the lake. Yeah, Okay. I mean, that just seems like uh, a little violent, a little, little pushing that line, pushing that envelope there, Bill. Yeah, she has since said, I've produced 12 movies since then. It is not common behavior. <laughs> Imagine if it was. You'd stop producing movies yeah. right quick. Yeah. Well, good honor for surviving that movie. And uh, fuck you, Bill Murray. Yeah. Come on, man. It's disappointing. But I mean, like... Everybody loves him. I think he's fun. I hope he's mellowed out and he's like a more, you know, everybody makes mistakes and well, Richard Dreyfuss is a jerk. will do that to you. <laughs> he's old. He's very old. He's old. He, will, uh, he has to mellow out. But I think we have to call him out on his bad behavior. Yes, and, you that's know, not allowed. That's not cool, man. In the 80s and 90s, he was particularly well known for, uh, you know. Yeah, his hijinks. His hijinks. Like Which he was, is probably what they t- said they were in the 90s. Like, oh, it's just hilarious hijinks where he threatens people. That's yeah. mainly women and that's cool. <laughs> uh, that's, that's fine, Bill Murray. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the other people uh, that were involved in this movie, uh, Alan Sargent – who wrote the screenplay along with Laura Siskind. I think they are romantically involved and also producing partners. They went on to work on um, Spider-Man's 2 and 3, the Sam Raimi ones. Oh, okay. So Alan Sargent wrote the screenplay and she produced them. And I'm sorry for both of them. Sorry for both. <laughs> Spider-Man 2 was okay. Yeah, was that the one where he goes all emo? No, that was Spider-Man 3. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, they were involved in that one. <laughs> but then I think they were also involved in the first Spider-Man with uh, Andrew Garfield, too. That wasn't Actually, that wasn't bad. I don't mind that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting because this guy, Alan Sargent, started uh, – his first credit is from 1956. Whoa, really? Yeah, this guy is like fucking – Old Hollywood. He was like Jesus. writing like old westerns or something like that. And they're like, damn. give him a Spider-Man. And he's like, well, let's make him an emo. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw one of these emos. <laughs> we need to put them in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Did this a lot in Rawhide back in the day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. What what a what a breadth of experience that guys had from the fifties to the I mean, half a Half a century. Half a century. Jesus. Do you know about the sort of future careers of anybody else in this movie? No, I mean, Charlie Corsmo has gone on to do some teen movies that we've talked about in the yeah. later 90s. Well, um, do you know that now he is retired from acting and he is a law professor? That's awesome. Yeah. Good he doesn't. You. He doesn't list the movies in his bio. Right. <laughs> Because uh, I think they were used against him in court. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, can you confirm or deny that in Hook, you said. (laughs) He's like, I'm going to run home. I can't do this. Uh, Yeah. 
Yeah, it must get annoying when you leave acting and you go to another profession. You're like, oh, I got a lot of papers to read. Just going to dive in. They're like, aren't you afraid of diving? He's like, fuck <laughs> you, man. <laughs> like so much, like so much of your life must be impacted by, by the acting that you've done in the past. But that's really cool that he has led two very different lives yeah. from an actor to a law professor. Yeah. That's awesome. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. The other actors in this, uh, Catherine Airbay. Yeah. She has, of course, uh, shown up in Law and Order Criminal Intent. Yeah, you like the Airbay, right? <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's good. That's terrible. No, all right, that's fair. <laughs> but she... I love the Airbay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she Can you imagine up... she had like a weed brand? <laughs> Come to Canada, get a weed brand. That's what I yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> You're in Canada. <laughs> Whoa. What? <laughs> Weed's legal now? Do you recognize the mom, Julie Hegarty? Yeah, I mean, I've seen her in so much, I just don't know what I've seen her in. She's one of those actresses that has been in a lot. She is one of those actresses. She was in Airplane, famously, Mm. and Airplane 2. There you go. And uh, also coming up, she has a role, I'm not sure how big or small, in Noah Baumbach's Marriage Story. Starring Adam Driver and uh, Scarlett Johansson. Presumably she's playing an Asian person. That's the joke. (laughs) (laughs) Punctuating your joke with that's the joke? Can we do that on the podcast all the time? Okay. (laughs) I just did, Blaine. I just did. Well, I mean, it's because she said that stupid thing about, you know, she thinks she can say, she thinks she should be able to play anyone. And I I don't know. I think that maybe she's being a bit arrogant about that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. She also came to the defense of Woody Allen. Oh. Which is so interesting. Good segue, Blame, because at a certain point they wanted other people to be in and make this movie. <laughs> Woody Allen is the psychiatrist? Well, the first person that they wanted to direct this was Jerry Marshall. Okay. And in that version, it would have been Robin Williams as Bob. Right. And Patrick Stewart. What? Wait, why did I say it like Sean Connery? Yeah, that Patrick was Stu- <laughs> Patrick Stewart. Engage. <laughs> As Dr. Marvin. Engage. Engage. Number one. <laughs> this is Star Trek. <laughs> what? What is going on here? Uh, that would have been good. I think that would have been that fun. That would have been so much fun. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I, actually, I think it was Frank Oz who initially wanted a Patrick Stewart for the role, but he ended up getting Richard Dreyfus. Now, at one point, they did want the aforementioned Woody Allen to mm. star in the movie as the as neurotic the doctor. Oh, as a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but the guy who is famous for being neurotic, they wanted to play the doctor. Yeah. And just get like someone really sane. I think for the, so. For the <laughs> I could be wrong. They also wanted him to write and direct it. Oh God! But um, you know, the big problem was that there wasn't a uh, romantic lead young enough. So, <laughs> oh, God, yeah, even Catherine Urbay was too old. Yeah, for... that's. I mean, he wanted to like, and then of course uh, the doctor dates the daughter. <laughs> Nobody has a problem with that. <laughs> oh. It's like, God damn it! Yeah. Oh, that's funny because it's like Oedipal. What? <laughs> oh God, Woody! That's that's funny. Ah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that. Uh, that's a different type of movie. It's a different type of movie. Well, it didn't I think happen. That, that's, yeah. I, you know, I read, a, I read a lot of stuff on the internet about this movie because, like I said, I didn't have any strong memories of it, really. I haven't watched it in a long time. And, you know, I it does feel like 
a movie that is sort of has one foot stuck in like the 80s Bill yes. Murray and also sort of points towards some of the more like melancholic insanity of later Bill Murray. Uh, yeah, for sure. I see that. But a lot of people sort of, you know, think that, you know, it's a movie that is very messy, but yep. works primarily because Bill Murray sort of pulls all the elements together. Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with Frank Oz's direction too. I, I, he's a, I just love him as a director. Do and you? I, yeah. Well, he he allows the actors to do what they need to do and to get to where they need to get in the scene, and I really like that. And yeah. they'll run the scene until they get there, which uh, I I appreciate in a director. Mm-hmm. I think also. There's so many good cuts in this movie and there's so many good cutting back and forth between different scenes that I don't think was in the script that was then later found in the editing room. So I I think – I just – yeah. I think this movie came together not only because of Bill Murray but because of the talent behind the camera as well. Yeah. Personally. That's fair. I mean yeah. Frank Oz has done some some good work and he yeah. does – he does an admirable job here. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like, the premise is not exactly original. There are, like, such a tradition of movies, you know, where there is, like, a button-down guy who's trying to be responsible. Mm. He's a family man. He's the family. Uh, and then there's, like, the crazy guy who, oh, well, yeah. you know, is, you know, loud or, like, he lets it all hang out. Yeah, Abbott and Costello. Like, it goes back to, like, the beginning of, like, vaudeville where you yeah. have the straight man and you have the zany guy. Mm-hmm. But here, I mean, in certain ways, it does seem, like, a little bit, like, old and, like, you know, hackneyed. Yeah, and watching the movie again, just as like a writer, like watching the the beats of it, it was really messy that way. Mm. Like there was, it did, it did not save the cat. <laughs> and where was a long dark night of the soul? You know, <laughs> uh, but there, there was. Usually, you have like this boiling of the frog a little bit saving of the cat boiling the frog well usually usually you have that a little bit where you know bob would slowly start getting worse and worse or the family you know and you do have a, a bit of that but richard dreyfus hates him so much to begin mm-hmm. with that it's i think part of the reason richard dreyfus wasn't pursued for an, an oscar <laughs> um, <laughs> is because he has to be so big to begin with with bob that at the end, he has nowhere to go. Yeah. And I think that if you had a bit more of a playful thing there where they actually do get along a little bit near the beginning, then you could have gone a little bit uh, more the other way. Well, Ebert thought that this was Bill Murray's best performance since Ghostbusters mm. and loved the movie. But Siskel felt like it was ruined by – Richard Dreyfuss's sort of performance at the end and just like the unlikability of Richard Dreyfuss's character. And I can sort of see like where it's a confusing movie because, I mean, Richard Dreyfuss is the protagonist. Yes. Like he is the one who is like it's his story. He's the one who needs to come to like some sort of realization. However, the fact that the other character is Bill Murray. Yeah. Make, it totally skews everything. And, like, we want nothing 
better but for Bill Murray to destroy Richard Dreyfus, Or does he, like, Richard Dreyfus destroy himself because, you know, he's too uptight mm-hmm. to let this guy's antics go? Yeah, and I also feel that they could have gone further with that. Mm-hmm. It does seem like the movie is truncated a little bit. Like, there was another, there was just another beat at the end where Richard Dreyfus loses everything instead of just the house you know like it just feels like there could have been a little bit more and that feels insane to say because his house does blow up at the end yeah but, but that's like that's like almost cartoonish yes yeah like it, it doesn't feel i mean if you think about it like his family could have fucking died yeah i know but it's just like you know it's played like a joke yeah exactly like he he and he would have been responsible for murdering his own family yeah you know well that's the alternate ending (laughs) (laughs) that's the real comedy there is no bob (laughs) (laughs) yeah we've just seen you out here in the woods all alone yeah they should really cut uh, what about bob to be uh fight club it's like uh (laughs) that would be the best one it's like the family is like Alternately, you're really nice and really egotistical. Like, we mm-hmm. don't know. It's like bipolar. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. Blaine, you loved this movie when you were younger. How did it feel watching it now? Oh, it's a little rusty. You know, I feel like I see the the, the tarnished spots on it a little bit. It is not the perfect movie that I thought it was. But I still think that it's not uh, – you, you said that a lot of people are talking about it. I don't uh, – not a lot of people talk about it in my circles i don't read a lot about it online but i think it is such an amazing movie and beyond it's uh it's more than the sum of its parts right it doesn't have uh the most original idea it doesn't have the best acting the um the, even the way it's written isn't the funniest but the somehow they come together and it makes me laugh every time i see it yeah and i've seen it a lot so it really doesn't get old for me in terms of making me laugh. And I think that's one of the biggest bases for rewatchability. So hey. I think it has a huge rewatchability factor Whoa. in that it will always make me laugh at the very least. What about you, Rob? Yeah, I sort of agree with you. You said it's better than the sum of its parts, and it sort of is. I mean, uh, it's a really fun movie that works even though it shouldn't at certain points. Right. I mean, it's so... Yeah, in ways it's very formulaic, but there's very there's freshness brought to it by the actors, all of the actors, not just uh, Bill mm-hmm. Murray. So yeah, I think it's a I think it's a rewatchable film. I would rewatch it. Yeah, all right, absolutely. Okay, never again. Uh, well, we answered the question of what about Bob? I'm never gonna watch this movie. Okay, well, that's too bad. I think I'm having a breakdown here, Blaine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, tell me about the cigar you're smoking. I'm not smoking a cigar. Now you're delusional. Oh, my God. (laughs) Tell me about the cigar you're smoking. (laughs) It's full of marijuana. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's why. Then uh, don't bogart that shit. <laughs> that's rewatchability for this week. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, and you can rate us there too. That's right. Leave a little review. Mm-hmm. You can follow us on Facebook. Don't follow us too closely. <laughs> We're on Twitter. And if you want to request a movie, you can do that by emailing rewatchability at gmail.com or if you just want to say hi. And you can also request a movie by going to our website, rewatchability.com, and leaving a message on SpeakPipe. But uh, don't go to our messaging service and ask where we live because that is inappropriate and we're asking you to stop. Right. You know who we're talking about. You. Yes. Stop. <laughs>
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.